This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We are less than 48 hours away from the start of the early signing period for the 2020 college football recruiting cycle and on this monday morning we definitely need to check in with BamaOnline.com publisher tim watts also as you know for multiple decades now tim how does that sound to you multiple decades tim watts has been covering alabama football recruiting as closely as anyone in the business tim uh i know the fans are ready for this uh, early signing period to get underway what about you tim all these years into it you know, I still love it. I can't help it. I know on the board I get the same questions a thousand times and everybody, you know, there's a lot of posters apologizing for other posters asking the question. It doesn't bother me. I mean, it's a habit. You know, I've got four kids. I'm used to answering the same thing over and over and over and over and over. So it's not a big deal. And I love it. I love the excitement. I love the build up. You know, I love the I love the, the ups and downs of the roller coaster. Every year is sort of like Groundhog's year for me. And it's you know, the names change, but the song, you know, the song remains the same. It's different names, you know, and every year I love the fact that, that that Bama fans are thinking this year is different than last year. Last year was a ton of drama. The year before was a ton of drama. It's always this is the newest drama. So um, it doesn't surprise me. Nick Saban's class has been pretty much like this every year. You remember the year when they had seven or eight guys you remember Robert Quinn and that whole group were deciding on the same day I think Julio there were seven or eight guys deciding in one day we were trying to cover so it's often came down to signing day so I'm I'm glad it's here I'm loving it and that was back when we had just one signing day one signing date to sort of look to the February date now we've got this early date in December and for some guys, that's only going to heighten their value once we get into January and look ahead to February, because as we sort of outlined on the previous uh, edition of T. Watts and T.R. here on the Built by Bama online podcast, um, you know, th- there's some guys that might be three or four stars in terms of the rankings, but based on the value that they'll have once this early period is pretty much uh, put to bed, they're going to be getting five-star type love, aren't they? You know, that happened. I saw this. You know, I cut my teeth on basketball back in the day, and they had the two signing periods. And I would see this quite often. And there was a kid, uh, a guy who had very small offers. I think his best offer was maybe Southern Miss at the time. And he kept telling me, he said, I'm better than Southern Miss. I'm better than Southern Miss. And Southern Miss was about his best offer. He said, I'm going to go to the late period and play it out. And he ended up at North Carolina. Absolutely. So that's always, you're right. When you take a three-star player in this in this class right now and 80% of the class signs that three-star player has to move up considerably considerably on people's boards past everyone else who's committed so and also there's going to be guys whose senior film comes out that explodes um it's not too late for senior guys to emerge we've seen guys uh uh when did Wallace Gilberry he was like 
summer after his senior year, wasn't he? When we yeah, he was when he exploded on the scene. We look up, he's got Miami, Alabama, and the you know, next thing you know, he's in the NFL. So these guys can explode and pop up at any moment. So um, there's a ton. It seems like this is the end. This is this is halftime. After this thing, it's really going to get real in the second half of this uh, recruiting season. I remember Eric Anders being that kind of guy really late, too, in yep. one of those Mike Shula classes, right? Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and so I guess what we're saying here is that going into this a couple of years ago, when the December date came online, I think there was some concern that guys like Josh Jacobs, who emerged so late three or four years ago uh, on the Alabama recruiting radar, might be more of a thing of the past, and a couple of years into this, Tim, I guess that hasn't proven to be at least entirely the case. There's still an opportunity for the Josh Jacobs out there to sort of later in the process have a chance to end up at a place like Alabama, Oklahoma, or others. Absolutely. I mean, this is a huge country. There are hidden players all over. I mean, you don't need to even see – you look at the, I tell this, you look at the NFL draft every year. Alabama certainly puts their share in there in your Ohio states and Georgia and all the major schools. But you look up and these guys are coming from Wyoming and a directional school. These guys come from everywhere. That's simply because they fall through the cracks. They develop late. They don't get their film out in time. Think of the year guys that are one year starters. Wow. I got a kid here at Thompson High School with no offers yet. He's a one year starter, played behind Talia was a Alabama-Mississippi All-Star, led him to a 7A state championships, up for player of the year. I mean, he's had a tremendous season, but he's just now getting his film out. I still think the second half of the year is going to be big for him. And there's other guys. you got guys that have been playing basketball their whole life. Somebody talked him into playing football for the first year. Um, so, I mean, you, there's a lot. There's, still, there's so much that goes into this. It's hard to cover the whole nation. I don't care how big your staff is, but college coaches miss. I mean, it's just hard to cover everybody. Yeah, and and with the evolution, too, of the grad transfer route becoming so popular, if you're Nick Saban and the staff right now at Alabama, part of your math, right, has to sort of include a couple of spots potentially for that that transfer portal, I would think, and also understanding that you, too, are likely to have a player or two or three go into that transfer portal between now and, say, even January. Yeah, I mean, the transfer portal for me is different. I love the grad. I love the grad transfer. I think it was perfect. It was meant for guys like Jalen Hurts and Joe Burrow. Great stories, guys who fell behind, you know, really talented players. Um, I mean, you know, playing behind Tua shouldn't be, the, you know, a curse. And playing behind uh, Haskins at Ohio State shouldn't be the end of your career. So I love that. But this transfer portal, to me, it's different. Um, you know, kids transfer in. We've seen Scooby Carter, five-star Defensive back, go into the portal, you know, you know, had some stuff happening, goes into the portal, comes back to Alabama. We've already seen Alfano, Antonio Alfano, you know, he was there. He was at Alabama for eight months. He hit a rough patch in his life. He's 19 years old and he, you know, he panics and it snowballs. And, you know, he literally, you know, he's he he ended up in Colorado. So I think it just, you know, I had like I said, I said this a dozen times. I had a former NFL coach. That when the transfer portal was announced, he told me, he said, it sh- this is going to make it a lot easier for people to quit. And he's been right. I mean, we yeah. he, he's been right. We saw the – what was the kid's name? Uh, Brew, who went into the portal to Texas and then from the portal. Yeah, the kid from California that went to Texas yeah. for a couple months. You've had a couple of California kids do that. You had Chris Steele, the corner from California, went to Florida for spring practice – 
uh, roomed with the quarterback signee that ended up getting into some legal issues for sexual harassment. And then Steele, after a spring in Gainesville, transfers back home to USC. Uh, and I think that was also the case with uh, uh, the, the, the wide receiver you're referring to there uh, that went from Cali to Austin and then back to Cali. So, uh, yeah, we're seeing bouncing before even uh, you know, a signee's first fall camp gets underway. And to me, it's tough because, you know, being a being a kid away from home, even if they're not just a short distance, I mean, even an hour and a half can seem overwhelming at times. So if every time that panic sets in, that homesickness, if they leave, it might not be the best for them. You know, there's there's not really a window. I mean, you walk in, you're in the transfer portal. You don't necessarily have to talk to your coach. You can just get in and get out. You can get mad about playing time or you can get mad you had to run you know 100s or whatever so um i think i think they're maybe they could refine that a little bit and they could make it a little bit more friendly i definitely think the players need to be protected but kids who've been on campus you know four weeks i find it hard to believe that they already know they're ready to leave yeah brew mccoy the wide yes, receiver that was that was a, that, that was in that was crazy that, that was the bruh brew mccoy yeah um so the, you know, here, here's the other side of that, too, Tim. Guys like Ronald Williams, they benefit from the washouts, man. You know, Ronald Williams, a couple of years ago, coming out of Faraday, Louisiana, a six foot two, 160-pound, listed in the database anyway, is a safety. He goes the junior college route to Hutchinson Community College in Kansas. Two years later, he's 6'2", 188. He puts on nearly 30 pounds. Tim, here he is now as an All-American junior college corner and most recently a commitment to the University of Alabama, giving Alabama 25 commitments at this point for the 2020 recruiting cycle. Your thoughts on Ronald Williams joining this class from the junior college ranks? You know, I think when you look, I mean, this guy's a former basketball player, you know, even heading into his his season this year, the junior college coaches didn't seem as high on him as other players. I think he was a guy that had to prove himself. Um, and to me, he certainly did. I mean, this is a guy you don't look, you don't worry about. First thing I do, you know, I'd always tell fans to look at their film, look at their, their vitals before you look at their star ranking, because a star ranking's not final. A two star in March can be a five star in February. I mean, there's a lot to go on. Ronald's a guy that definitely blew up, had, you know, the thing I look at, you look at this guy, he's long, he makes plays, um, there's a guy that can come in and Nick Saban signing a guy that's only got two years to play two years tells you he thinks this guy's going to come in and play right away. So also look at some of the offers he picked up off senior film, Auburn with Kevin Steele, Tennessee with Jeremy Pruitt, uh, Alabama with Nick Saban. I mean, that's three of the best defensive back coaches in the country as far as evaluating guys. So I think that comes into play too, but yeah, I mean, this guy's a fast riser. Bama turned down some, you know, some other kids at, prep guys to get this guy to come in and help and uh got some versatility if you watch his film this guy makes a ton of plays he's long probably a little bit raw probably don't know the fundamentals as well as you know but you know as you want him to but most kids don't that's exactly what carl scott's for that's exactly what nick saban's for to teach him those you know those fundamentals and how to play the game okay picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And it seemed, Tim, as if Alabama was pretty interested in taking a junior college DB. It sounded initially as if Nadab Joseph might be that guy. Previously connected to Alabama as a high school prospect, Alabama and Georgia were very much in that mix a couple of years ago. But was it Williams and the fact that he is mid-year eligible uh, in addition to having a really good sophomore campaign that perhaps put him at the top of that list in the end when it comes to JUCO corners? Oh, yeah, I think so for sure. That December graduate's huge for Alabama. Nadab's a terrific prospect, but at this stage, he hasn't really played football in three years. Uh, he was injured this year. He still doesn't have – you know, I, I, I like Nadab Joseph. I've read his story. I read a story where he was homeless and living out of a car when he was a sophomore in high school at the time he had committed to LSU. Um, the kids obviously had a lot going against him his whole life, but his academics has never, he's never really got his academics on track. He camped at Alabama. He blew, he blew it up. He, he tested Alabama and he killed it. I forget the numbers. I posted them at the time, but he absolutely is a phenomenal athlete, but he doesn't have much tape. I mean, we're going on three years without a whole lot of, lot of film. So I think that's what happened with the dog with Ronald. You look at this guy, he's blowing up. He's got great offers. He's got that long, he's got that size Alabama likes. He's a mid-year guy, so he's about to get an extra eight months of of uh, of coaching at Alabama. More than you know, you know, better than you know, obviously better getting that spring in and everything, getting that work in. So I think these guys going to have a chance to come in, and they're expecting him to come in and play right away. Yeah, that that would seem to be the case. Usually, Nick Saban doesn't go to the junior college ranks unless he's looking at a plug-and-play type of scenario and if Williams can do that at one of the corner spots to go along with say you know uh, Josh Joe perhaps if he takes another step an anticipated uh, additional step here coming up and you still have Patrick Sertan the second still have some really nice prospects by the way that you brought in in these last two classes Marcus Banks Brandon Turnage uh, Jalen Armour Davis still in that mix but if you can plug and play with Ronald Williams, that frees out perhaps Patrick Sertan to help you at star in some of those packages as well. It is the Built by Bama online podcast. Tim Watts, I'm Travis Ryer. We're giving you a Monday morning recruiting update here on the pod. If you haven't subscribed to the Built by Bama online podcast, we certainly hope you will do that. Speaking of subscriptions, if you haven't done it with us at BamaOnline.com, Today is the day. Right now on the roundtable, Tim has a recruiting update where he goes in-depth on where Alabama's been, where Alabama is at, and where Alabama might be headed to wrap up this early period of the 2020 recruiting cycle. Right now on the BamaOnline.com roundtable, recruiting what we know with three days to go from site publisher Tim Watts. That's for our premium subscribers right now on the roundtable at BOL. Uh, Tim, another commitment. I don't believe since we last spoke, we really got to go in depth on Javion Cohen, the offensive tackle prospect from Phoenix City, Alabama, initially committed to Auburn University here in the last week, I guess in sort of a bizarre manner in some ways, because I know he wanted to, uh, I think anyway, based on your reporting and that of Hank South, Wanted to wait until Wednesday, right, to make it official. 
um, but went ahead and, and did so and, and announced that flip to Alabama. Kind of talk about the events that led up to that. You know, his, his recruitment's been interesting. He's committed before Auburn flipped him, and then obviously coming down the stretch, you saw Alabama making a move, and Auburn was trying to protect their territory. And You know, they were basically saying, if you're going to take visits, if you're going somewhere else, we need to look for, you know, look for another prospect. I mean, the riding was sort of on the wall. Uh, he told the Auburn staff at some point last week, it leaked out that he was flipping. And, you know, it was a, some people tried to act like Auburn had dropped him. But, um, I mean, you know, I think Auburn just got frustrated with the situation and moved on. Like I said, the writing was on the wall. He probably wanted to wait a little bit more. Um, it was a very loose secret. I mean, he had told other people and, you know, we knew we were prepared for it with crystal balls and, and predictions but as a player this is a guy you know we sent our national guys steve wiltfong barton simmons down to the alabama mississippi mississippi game all-star game and he he was voted the offensive lineman the best offensive lineman there big kid he's athletic he's uh <clears throat> he's raw i love you know to me when i look with athletes uh, with the offensive linemen often you can look at them and they sort of look the part you know what i mean travis they look sure like oh wow he looks he looks the part that's not always the case you can have the worst bodied offensive lineman in history and him be a fan Andre Smith for instance was not a was not a uh, bikini model but he daggone was one of the best offensive linemen I've ever seen in my life but this guy Javion he passes the look test he's long he's got long arms he's athletic <clears throat> he moves well um and Alabama's not you know when you look at this class they're having a fantastic class and they have not hit really they're still waiting to get their tight end and they really didn't have a strong offensive line class they lost a kid Xavier Hill to LSU that they liked um so flipping this kid from Auburn was big it feels a need he's a big upside guy could see him an offensive tackle down the road and he doesn't he's a guy that doesn't have to come in and play from day one he's a guy that can come in they've got other offensive linemen ahead of him ahead of him you know possibly some guys returning from the the uh, junior class if not they got recruits that you know they're they're already getting some playing time some guys on campus I mean so He's he's a he's a low risk guy when you look at it. And it's hard to project an offensive lineman, but athletically, he's got a lot of what we look for. Yeah, even if you think that you could kick Evan Neal from guard out to tackle Tim, uh if you lose even one of these two starting offensive tackles, you still have some depth to address there. And and there's the possibility for attrition outside of the NFL draft uh, for a deep Alabama offensive line that you're probably taking into account right now uh, if you're this Alabama staff. So absolutely watching some of that Alabama Mississippi all-star game on Saturday as best I could anyway, Tim, because the, uh, the internet stream, it looked like they, they may have, you know, jumped in on a Andy Griffith marathon uh, to, to sort of, get this thing in on the stream, but uh, you could see Javion Cohen uh, definitely has that body type you look for in an offensive tackle and uh, looks to be a very nice pickup for this 2020 class. Now, as we move towards Wednesday, I, I felt it was imperative, Tim, to sort of get Tim's survival guide to the next 48 to, I don't know, 72 hours. If you're an Alabama fan, Tim, lay it out there, you know, give the little pep talk, let them know, let them all know, let all the Alabama fans out there know everything's going to be all right. You know, most of the hay is in the barn, but what are the, what, what is the mindset? What is the approach that Alabama fans should take to the next couple of days here when it comes to Alabama football recruiting? 
You know, I just think <clears throat> I think when you look at this mentally, you look at Alabama. Alabama's sitting here with, uh, you know, one of the top two classes in the country, number one class in the SEC. They've got 25 commitments. So there wasn't going to be a big bang, bang, bang on National Signing Day. They could get two or three guys, possibly four. But they're recruiting like the best of the best elite guys in the country. They've really got some of the best players in the country. And everybody's battling for them. They're battling Clemson. They're battling LSU. They're battling Georgia. All the top five guys, all the top schools, they're battling for uh for this, so I, you know, and, the, and then when fa- Alabama fans look in Georgia, it's got all these kids on campus. It's different. It's not apples to apples. It's apples to pineapples. It sounds like it's the same, but it's not the same. It's not the same situation. Jo- Georgia's got 14 commitments or had going into this weekend, so they could bring in 40 guys. Alabama has 25. They couldn't bring in 40 guys. They couldn't bring in all these guys. So obviously, the 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 the, the how Alabama's going to finish. It's going to be a little bit different from the schools like that. Now, if Bryce Young was deciding Wednesday and Drew Sanders and Deboyne Kennedy and all these guys, if they were deciding on Wednesday and we were crystal balling them, Alabama fans would be through the roof. You know, I'm just a guy. I said this on the roundtable this morning. I'm a guy that a present, a Christmas present is a Christmas present. If you give it to me November 17th, it's still a Christmas present. I ain't got to open it on December 25th. So I think that's the biggest thing to look at. They're up for some big names, and they're fighting for them, and they're going to hit on some, and they're going to miss on some. But priority-wise, Ronald Williams, they needed another defensive back. They hit on a major target they wanted. Another offensive lineman, Cohen was their guy. They hit on him. So now they're getting down. There's a little bit of panic about the tight end position. Alabama's went for Darnell Washington and Eric Gilbert. They went all in on those two. And those are two of the first. Those are O.J. Howard-type tight ends. So we're not talking about normal. They'll find guys. You know, when you come to this late period, they'll have possibly three to five scholarships to play around with. So if they don't fill their needs now, they will have guys that are out there. And the 20%, 25% who don't sign, Alabama will throw their hat in the ring with some of them. And Nick Saban and them have a pretty good reputation, you know, of recruiting. So I wouldn't count them out. I think right now Alabama's where – I think Alabama staff is where they want to be. And I think there's a ton of colleges that would love to be where Alabama is. Something may be overlooked, too, because Alabama, as you outlined there, picked up so many of these guys early in the process. When you talk about a position like tight end of need that's still out there, Alabama and Will Anderson and Drew Sanders and Chris Braswell and Quandarius Robinson knocked it out of the park early with some of these, what we've referred to in the past as sort of jumbo athletes. Now, I think pretty much all of those guys are edge defenders, Tim, at the next level, and I spent a lot of time over the weekend watching some clips of those guys. But like a Drew Sanders, I mean, if it works out where you are, you're you're good enough, you're, you have enough quality at outside linebacker, you watch Drew Sanders on tape with the ball in his hands, you know, if Drew Sanders was listed as a tight end prospect today, if that's what he was viewed as instead of an athlete, he's a number two athlete prospect in the nation, I believe, behind Darnell Washington. That's what we're talking about here. Watching Drew Sanders on tape, if you if you really needed that guy at tight end, uh, you talk about O.J. Howard, Irv Smith-like, I think that's exactly who Drew Sanders could be on offense. There's, the thing there's... is, you, you think about him on defense and – he he projects as a very dominant player over there, uh, Tim. 
there's no doubt. I had a had an NFL guy look at his film, and he told me he's an NFL tight end. He is. And he then is he an around, NFL tight end. And then he turned around, and told me he's an NFL defender. You know, first round defender. Yeah. What he said. Yeah. To, now with Either Drew, way. I think. Uh, with Drew, I think it comes down to simply he likes defense better. Yeah. Uh, Oklahoma went on to, but you're right. I mean, there's no doubt <clears throat> from a tight end position, he's he's right up there with anybody. I mean, he's, his offensive stats, his film is fantastic. I mean, he's a big guy. He runs well. He can do it all. But also, I think with the with the problem on defense this year, I think that that's really yeah. going to be where they're trying to to sew that up. But you're right. You get these guys. All these guys, you know, the, when you look at Alabama, the, their commitments, how many guys did you count that was fun to watch? It wasn't just go, Will Anderson, senior film, get out of here. You Love Will me. Anderson. I mean, Will yeah. Anderson looks like he's sitting on a rocket, you know, taking off. I mean, great he's film. As mu- he's as much a five-star as Sanders or Braswell, and that's not a knock on them because they're legit no, fives. But I Will heard. Anderson's clips, that's a five-star edge defender. Absolutely. You and you look at a lot of these guys, the film, Bryce Young, you get excited. You know, yeah. Dao Jones-Bell. I mean, all these guys, man, the Roydell Williams, they're fun to watch. So that tells you they're probably pretty good players. They're ranked high. What I think the Alabama staff did really well is I think they slowed down the offer commitment process this year. Mm-hmm. They evaled. And a lot of these guys have went up in the rankings on their own based on their own senior film. We've seen – Demoy Kennedy, for instance, jump into the, you know, he's going to be heavy in the five-star discussion. We knew Drew Sanders was really good, but you've seen these guys continue to move up. And there's just not, there's not what, you know, what I refer to as dead weight. There's not a lot of guys you look at that you don't like. There's just, the guys are players, you know, Jackson Bratton's another guy. No one's really talked about him because the linebackers are so good uh, that's committed with him. But this is a guy, go, again, goes to Alabama-Mississippi All-Star State uh, game, and it's the first one Barton Simmons texted me about yeah. was how good Jackson Bratton was doing up there. So a lot of good players. You know, it's going to be a good class. Whether or not they hit on a tight end, I think. So, you know, and, and part of that is no matter what, you, 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 you're not going to get everything you want. And it's just sort of human nature to gripe about what you didn't get than what you got. So if Alabama doesn't get Darnell Washington, for instance, or J.J. Pugues, who's who's the Mississippi tight end looking at Auburn, I think there's going to be some some, uh, you know, some people that are a little upset about that. But there's still time in the late period. One thing we know about tight ends is you can find them anywhere if you evaluate. And I'll go back to Irv Smith. People worry about recruiting rankings. Irv Smith wasn't ranked in the top 600 in the country. Yeah. He was in New Orleans. I mean, this dad was an NFL player. So you can find these guys. You can find those athletes playing that position. There'll be some steals out there. Yeah, I think they got more than a couple potential two-for-one guys. So when I say that, you know, guys that you know they might project coming in, that are going to play at this spot or at least start at this spot, start out at this spot that'll end up at another position like corners who can go to safety like uh, Christian story. I mean, that's, that's a player in and of himself. He started at running back Saturday for team Alabama in the Alabama, Mississippi all-star game. He was a high school quarterback who a lot of people feel like will end up at safety at Alabama. He might be a three for one, like a Blake Sims. They just stuck him in there at running back. You know, <laughs> that's what yeah. kind of athlete he is. So. And he looked totally natural doing it. Well, I mean, a, in an all-star game, yeah, not a, against, not a, against Leroy. You yeah. know, he's playing against the Mississippi all-stars. I mean, when you look at this guy, I, I couldn't rule out outside linebacker, safety. You can, I mean, you can put him at wide receiver probably. He's just one of those athletes. And 
Um, that's what you want. I mean, a lot of these guys are just fantastic athletes. I mean, they yeah. look good. I like They're the versatility. Fun. Alabama yeah. got a lot of those guys in the last class. You know, I really like, you know, like I don't think Alabama, you know, 2017, I think it was, uh, with the class got, you know, was a little didn't finish the way they wanted to. It's probably no, it's 2018. I'm sorry. That class with the early signing period that did not finish the way they wanted. Alabama had to scramble. It wasn't a normal class. They had to, you know, there was a learning curve for a lot of the, uh, you know, factoring in the early signing period and everything that was going on. Since then, Alabama's did a fantastic job of identifying guys, pushing guys, slowing down the process, not having to worry about. It. I mean, we're seeing schools drop kids all over the country. We're seeing four or five kids drop just to make room in their, you know, that's that's yeah. pretty bad evals. These guys, most of these guys have went up for Alabama. So I think Nick Saban and staff's done a really good job adjusting. Um, and that's why he's been in the game so long. He's adjusted. You know, this is a guy that's, you know, you know, you know, hand off the ball and try to get three yards and beat you, you know, 10 to seven. And now he's a guy trying to beat you 51 to 50. So the guy definitely, you know, makes those changes mid stride. Yeah, no doubt about it. And a lot of it stemmed from about that time period of 2013 or so. When you saw Alabama beat Auburn here in Tuscaloosa, 55, 44 in an iron bowl. You knew that that Nick was open to uh, changing his game uh, any way he needed to do it. Uh, as we let you go here on the Built by Bama online podcast, Tim, as far as existing Alabama commitments that perhaps there is some concern uh, they might be headed elsewhere come Wednesday, uh, based on the, the tone of your post, again, you need to check that out right now on the BamaOnline.com roundtable. Not going to give away too much from that. But uh, it, it sounds like Alabama's feeling pretty secure, about as much as you can anyway, with, with the guys it has on board heading into that signing period on Wednesday. Yeah, I think the biggest drama is Tim Smith. Obviously, really big time Florida defensive tackle. He's been an Alabama commitment for a while. You know, when we talked to him as a sophomore, Alabama was his dream school. So, when he got that offer, he committed. Now, with that said, he's been to Florida several times. He was he went to Florida this weekend on a official visit. You know, it's hard. You know, when a kid takes a visit, you know, it could go either way. We see kids take visits just to take visits, and they're solid to the school they go to, or they go and they get, you know, they go down there and they uh, they decide they want to make a change. With Smith, he took three or four unofficial visits to Florida, so I definitely think there's concern. The people around him heading into this visit felt very positive for Alabama that it was just it was just a visit and it was it was local and it you know it's a three hour ride or whatever and he just liked having fun there. Um me I think it's a situation worth watching, but he's the main one right now. Um we're trying to gather information on it sounds like the rest of the commitments barring a complete surprise, uh which could happen. Which could happen. We've seen this this Wednesday there's gonna be a lot of jockeying and a lot of jostling here at the end. But I think Alabama's did a pretty good job of wrapping these guys up. And speaking of wrapping up, that's going to do it for a Monday morning edition of the Built by Bama online podcast. Look forward to catching up with you right there on the BamaOnline.com roundtable. That's where everything's going to happen. Typically, that's where everything happens on a 24-7, 365 basis. But certainly, that will be the case coming up in the next couple of days as we head up to the early signing date for the 2020 college football recruiting cycle. Tim, as always, great stuff, my man. We'll do it again real soon. I appreciate it. See you guys on the roundtable.
There he goes, Tim Watts, site publisher, senior recruiting analyst for BOL. Travis Ryer, thanking you for joining us here on the Built by Bama online podcast. Keep it locked to BOL for continuing coverage of all things Alabama Crimson Tide. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. Are you still listening? Good. Take a deep breath. You needed a break. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount+. Plus. So, yes, you can literally stream a stream. Paramount+, Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation.